Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks for being here as always. Happy Memorial Day. If you have not subscribed yet, please make sure to do so. Always really appreciate that. Today, I'm going to be going over a bit more of a not-so-fun, a little bit more realistic type topic. I get that this is the off-season. This is the time where hope springs eternal. Everything is sunshine and rainbows. All of the rookies are going to turn out to be all pros. All of the second-year players are going to take huge second-year jumps. All of the players they got rid of are going to be terrible. All the players that they added are going to be amazing. This is the time where hope springs eternal for all 32 teams. It's, you know, during the off-season, all 32 teams are like, hey, there's no reason we can't go out and win the whole thing and be really good and take a major step. Then the regular season hits and you start piling up some L's in the loss column. And all of a sudden you have to face reality a little bit more. And that's usually reserved for the regular season, right? But you guys know me, I'm going to always be a little bit more realistic and focus on the things that are going to be really good for Green Bay, but also focus on some of the things that I think could potentially be a struggle and things that they're going to ultimately have to overcome. And I feel like there's one really huge thing that hasn't been talked about a ton that's just kind of hiding in plain sight. Now, when I tell you that I, the big thing, the big issue is that I'm very concerned about the Packers run defense, you're probably going to be thinking, yeah, we know we're well past that. This has been an issue for years and years, and it's not something that Green Bay has done a great job of correcting over the course of time. Run defense has been an issue under Dom Capers and Mike Pettin and now Joe Barry, and it just has not been something that they've been able to get cleaned up, whether it be via personnel, whether it be via scheme, whether it be via coaching. It hasn't mattered. They just haven't been good enough at it. But let me ask you this. I'm not going to give you the answer right away. I'll give you the answer in a second. But if you had to guess how many yards per carry Green Bay allowed a season ago, what would your guess be? I'll give you a couple seconds. Last year, Green Bay had allowed 479 carries for 2,372 yards, which equated to 5.0 yards per carry, five yards per carry. That's terrible. That is beyond awful. 
the 2,372 yards that they allowed was the seventh most in the NFL. The 5.0 yards per carry they allowed was fourth worst in the NFL. To give you a comparison, the 49ers and the Titans had the best run defenses in the NFL. They allowed 3.4 yards per carry. Like over a yard and a half more per carry Green Bay allowed than the 49ers or the Titans. There is a massive difference between giving up 3.4 yards per carry and five yards per carry. Five yards per carry. That's, they're going to get a first down every two handoffs. That is unbelievably bad. And it's sort of been something, like I said, that's just been kind of hiding in plain sight. Hasn't been good enough. Has to get improved. And it would be one thing if we were looking at an off season where you could point to a couple things where it's like, well, yeah, but Andy, remember this happened last year and so-and-so wasn't playing their best. And, you know, look what they did this year in the off season to really shore up their run defense. There's a couple minor things that you can point to, which we'll go over that may help them in run defense. But on paper, this is basically the same run defense that they had a season ago when they allowed 5.0 yards per carry on the ground. And sometimes stats can be misleading, right? Sometimes you give up a certain amount of yards per carry or just, you know, it's skewed in a different way. So let's take PFFs look at it because they grade every player and every play as do I, but I don't look at it from a run defense, pass defense. I just give an overall grade, but PFF looks at it very granularly and they take a look at it from a pure run defense standpoint. They had the Packers ranked 26th in run defense. So right around exactly where they were in total yards allowed and right around where they were in yards per carry allowed. And to give you one more idea here, so they allowed 5.0 yards per carry on the ground. If any team averaged 5.0 yards per carry on the ground, that would have been the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL. So it was basically like Green Bay was going against the fourth best rush offense every single week because they simply could not stop the run. And I'll say it one more time. Are there any changes that you can point to that make you very confident that this is going to be a better run defense in 2023 than what they were in 2022? Because I don't think anyone in their right mind is taking a look at it and being like, listen, I know PFF has their grades and I can see the yards per carry and I see the total yards that they allowed, but actually I think Green Bay's run defense is great. I don't think anyone in their right mind is arguing that. So we take a look at what they're doing in 2023 in comparison to 2022. It starts with scheme and staff and you know coordinator, right? Joe Barry is still here. And that's obviously been a topic of a lot of discussion this offseason as to whether or not Joe Barry should have been gone, whether he still should be the coordinator of this team. But that's where it starts. From a scheme standpoint, that is what is going to start from a run defense. Can it be better? And this is the same scheme. You got to think that Joe Barry is going to want to keep those two safeties deep, play that too high safety. That's very in vogue across the NFL right now. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to keep your two safeties high, you better be able to have the ability to stop the run with your personnel up front. And that's where I just don't look at Green Bay and be like, well, they've made major incremental improvements to be able to be much better on run defense. In fact, it's hard to point to any one thing and say, yeah, I think this is what they've done to become much better. So from a coaching standpoint, the only coaching change that they made was a secondary, you know, defensive pass game coordinator. That's not going to change a lot from a run defense standpoint. All the other positional coaches are the same. The defensive coordinator is the same. The head coach is the same. So from a personnel scheme coaching standpoint, this is all the same that they had in 2022 carrying over to 2023. The other thing that you can point to right now, and this could you could look at this in two different ways. This is sort of a glass half full, glass half empty sort of argument, but Rashawn Gary's ACL. Now, 
One of the reasons that they struggled the season ago at times in run defense was because Rashawn Gary was out due to the torn ACL. That certainly is not going to help your run defense. However, they were really bad in run defense prior to him going out with injury. Then he went out with injury. Now he still has an injury. He's going to have to recover from that torn ACL. He's probably going to miss some playing time to start the season, which is not going to help your run defense. And when he comes back, A, there could be some rust that he has to work off very similarly to Elton Jenkins from a season ago. B, when he comes back and maybe they limit him to 20, 25 snaps per game to begin with, where do you think they're going to utilize those snaps? probably in pass rush in obvious pass rush situations so that they can have one of their best pass rushers on the field. So he might not even be in to when he gets back on some of the more obvious rundown situations anyway, because he's going to have a limited amount of snaps and they're going to want to keep their pass rusher on the field when he's actually able to go. And then even once he's back, even, you know, it, it might be what towards the end of the year, like that he's actually back and fully participating, playing 60s, you know, snaps per game at some point like that. So it could be well down the line that he's actually back playing at a high level and actually playing some more obvious rundowns. So just to say that he might come back and be like, well, things are going to be fixed on one side of the, you know, the edge position. I don't think that that's necessarily the case, especially dependent upon how they use him when he does come back from injury. And then let's go position by position, right? Because we can start with the defensive line. They lose Dean Lowry, they lose Jerron Reed. And I know what you're thinking. Andy, they lost Dean Lowry. That's going to be a plus for the run defense. And I understand maybe you're thinking there a little bit. And I will say this. I think three, four years ago, Dean Lowry, major liability in the run game and all the, you know, sort of vitriol, maybe not the vitriol, but like the the angst and frustration that people had towards Dean Lowry in those seasons was earned. He did not play well for a couple of seasons in the middle there. The last two seasons, especially 2021, not quite as much in 2022, but I would say he was better and probably more towards a replacement level player playing average level football, meaning he wasn't really hurting you, wasn't really helping you, but he was at least being out there and you know you could put a body out there and you were going to like, it wasn't going to be noticeable. I think he got a little bit too much hate these past couple of years for what he put on the field and he did get a little bit better as a run defender. Was he great at it? No. Was he really good at it? No. Was he even good at it? Probably not. He was average is how I would uh, like brace, basically break it down. The same could be said for Jerron Reed, kind of more of that replacement level player. Some ups, some downs, you're not going to notice him a ton. He can fill in here and there and you're not going to notice him. That's fine. You need some guys like that. Here's the issue though. The two players that are probably going to replace those two players on the roster are two day three picks, Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. And guess what Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden are more known for? Pass rush. They are not run defending players. It's not to say they can't be. It's not to say they can't develop into it. It's not to say that maybe they can't be better in the NFL at run defense than they were in the pros. But if you're like sort of figuring out what their best skill set's going to be, probably from day one, probably better pass rushers than they are run defenders. So it's not like at best case scenario, moving on from Lowry and Reed and going to two day three selections, a fourth and a sixth round pick who are more pass rush specialists, you at least at minimum can't point to that and be like, well, see, that's why the run defense is going to be better. Now you could point to, well, Reed and Lowry are going to play less and Wyatt and Slayton are going to play more. And that's really where the increase could potentially come along the defensive line. You could also argue that maybe Kenny Clark plays better in 2023 than he did in 2022. If you go back to 2020, 2019, we saw peak Kenny Clark. The last couple of years weren't quite as good. So maybe he gets back to his peak form from a few seasons ago. That's possible. But going back to Slayton and Devontae Wyatt for a second, A, both of them would need to take a pretty big jump to be just like dominant run defenders. B, I do think that TJ Slayton can be a 
pretty big you know, piece of the puzzle here as a run defender. I think he has a lot of upside that he can bring to the table. He's a big wide body. He holds up against blocks well. And I do think his additional presence and him playing more snaps could be more effective again in run defense than what we saw out of Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry. But it's not a proven. He still has to go out and prove it. Devontae Wyatt, I think you could kind of make some of the same arguments. The issue is that last year, his intensity, his effort, his hustle, his like raw athletic ability, all those things were on display in 2022. The reason he did not get on the field more is because he didn't play with good pad level. He lost the leverage battle more often than not, and he could not hold up against double teams. Those are all run game deficiencies. So he also could take a step. He also could be much better, but that's a, you know, you're, you're basically like, you know, trying to figure out if that's what he's going to be or not. That, that there's no guarantee that that's ultimately going to be the case that he's just going to take this step and be a much better run defender. So along the defensive line, I would argue at best, you're hoping for almost a status quo that with you know losing Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry, adding in Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, hoping for maybe a jump from TJ Slayton and, and Devontae Wyatt. Maybe Kenny Clark has another level he can still play to. There's some fruit on the tree there that you can still get better. I think that's within the realm of possibility. But with losing those two veterans, adding two day three rookies, you could get worse. And here's the other huge thing along the defensive line. And I've said this for years, and I think it's even more prevalent right now. If Kenny Clark goes out for any significant period of time, now you're really, really in a bad spot because now Slayton and Wyatt have to play almost full time. And now your two guys coming off the bench are going to be Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, who again, aren't known for their run defense. Now, maybe Jonathan Ford can get in the conversation. He's a big wide body, but he also struggled with some of the pad level consistency, the technique stuff a season ago. That's something he's going to have to continue to grow at. And if I had to guess today, I would say that Jonathan Ford is probably on the outside looking in for a 53-man roster spot if everyone is healthy going into the season. So defensive line, still a major question mark. At edge, we talked about Rashawn Gary and him coming back from injury and what that potentially looks like. You know, you still have Preston Smith, who is fine as a edge defender. Kingsley and Igbari has a lot of work to do as an edge defender. And then you do bring in Lucas Van Ness. And I do think that this can be a really big piece for their run defense. I think he has every tool in his toolbox to be a strong edge defender. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got the length. He's got the intensity. He has the want to. He has everything that he needs to be to be a good edge setter. And I think he can potentially do it at a pretty high level from day one. So that helps. But in the interim, that might just fill that Rashawn Gary gap that you have from him not playing run defense maybe when he comes back and him just missing games early in the season and having that rust that he has to work off. So I do think long-term, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness has the ability to be two really good edge defenders setting the edge from both sides. I do think there's some upside there, but everything else, and especially with Rashawn being hurt probably to start the season, that to me is you're still kind of status quo from where you were from a season ago. At inside linebacker, this is going to be Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker, the two players that you had last season. Now, Devondre Campbell could play like 2021 Devondre Campbell. He could play at an all-pro level again. That would go a huge way in making the run defense better. Quay Walker, he could play like the player that Green Bay was expecting when they selected him in the you know top of the what 22nd overall pick, I think it was, in the 2022 NFL draft. If he takes a step and he becomes a much better run defender, that's something that can certainly help as well. But the biggest issue for Quay last year was not you know, having the you know full capacity and just the ability to trigger and go make the play. There was way too much thinking, and he struggled to hold up at the point of attack against bigger blockers in the run game. 
So those are things that he's going to have to clean up as well. But on paper, this is the exact same two inside linebackers that you had from a season ago. Isaiah McDuffie, probably the same number three guy up off the bench. If one of those guys were to get hurt or you needed an additional player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. At corner, I do think there's some upside here. Keyshawn Nixon in the slot has a level of energy and intensity to him that I think is perfect for the slot. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He will stick his helmet wherever he needs to stick his helmet to make sure that he's doing his job. He will fill the lane, fill the gap, fill the alley, do everything that is expected to him to rally to the football and be a good run defender. I do think that that can help. So that could potentially be a plus. But we're still talking about a corner when it comes to run defense. So if your inside linebacker edge defensive line is still not holding up, there's only so much that Keyshawn Nixon can do. And we're not talking about prime Charles Woodson here. We're talking about a slight upgrade as a intense physical player that likes to play a tackling physical brand of football, but it's not like he's the biggest, most physical inside you know, defensive back in the NFL either. So there's still a limit to what he can bring to the table. I do think Razul playing full-time on the outside is a huge upgrade over Eric Stokes. Now, when Stokes gets back, we, we don't know how they're going to utilize him or when he's going to come back. But if all of a sudden that ends up Eric Stokes again, that's going to change things quite a bit. 
I do think Jair will be just fine. You could tell early last season, the shoulder, he still didn't want to stick his nose into things. As the year went on, he played a little bit more aggressive. I think that sort of Jair will come back a little bit this year. But then you have one of the worst run defending safeties in Darnell Savage, who's probably going to be their safety number one. And Adrian Amos at the other safety spot, who clearly is not going to be back, was PFF's number three rated run defender for the Packers a season ago. Now, I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Amos had his deficiencies in run defense and tackling a season ago, took some poor angles as well. But I don't see an upgrade on the roster, not Tavarius Moore, not, you know, Rudy Ford, although I think Rudy Ford can be a, a fine run defender, uh, but not, you know, maybe Anthony Johnson Jr. can be what we expect, but that's still a seventh round pick that you're putting a lot on in year one. Yeah, I just don't know. Jonathan Owens, you know, whoever you want to put there, I don't see as being at least a any sort of significant upgrade over Adrian Amos and what he was a season ago. So you just go position by position. And it's really tough to say, like, I do think corner can be better with Nixon and Razul playing full-time, at least to begin with. But everything else, safety is probably a little bit worse. Linebacker is probably the same. Edge could be a little bit better with Van Ness and Gary both healthy, but we don't know when that's going to happen, or Gary healthy, I should say, but when that's going to happen. Um, and in the meantime, I think it feels kind of status quo. I think defensive line kind of feels status quo as well. And you could make the argument, well, there is some opportunity here. If Keyshawn can be a much better slot defender, if Razul can be a better run defender than Eric Stokes was on the outside, if you know Kenny Clark does play like he did a couple seasons ago, if Slayton and Wyatt take jumps, if Quay Walker takes a jump, if Devondre Campbell plays like he did a couple seasons ago as a first team all pro, if you know Rudy Ford can be kind of the run stopping, tackling you know, defender that he was in limited playing time a season ago, you can point to these different things and be like, I think there's some things there that could potentially help. And you might be, maybe Rashawn Gary gets back sooner rather than later and is able to play the edge very well. Maybe Lucas Van Ness is as advertised and can be a big time run defender. There's some things there, but those are a lot of ifs. And you know we don't know for sure if any of those things are ultimately going to come to fruition. And more often than not, what you saw a season ago is probably what you're going to see in 2023. So there's not a whole lot that I can point to that makes me feel super good about this Packers run defense going in to 2023 and feeling like they're going to correct things from allowing 5.0 yards per carry from a season ago. And to make things worse, I'm not going to go through the full schedule here because by the time week six and beyond rolls around, who knows what teams are doing what and what injuries have hit and things like that. But the first five teams that Green Bay plays this season, Chicago Bears, top run offense in the NFL a season ago. And yes, part of that is Justin Fields and his scrambling and his run ability. Guess what? That's not going anywhere. So the number one you know, run offense in the NFL, Green Bay will see in week one. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons. They were number four in run offense a season ago. You know who they didn't have last year? Bajan Robinson, the top running back, potentially a generational running back who they selected in the first round this year. That's probably going to be a problem in week two. In week three, Saints run offense wasn't all that great. It was middle of the road a season ago, but Alvin Kamara should be back and probably playing at a higher level. Jamal Williams, they signed, and they went out in the third round and got Kendra Miller, a very talented running back as well. If I had to guess, they're probably going to lean on the running game a little bit more in 2023 than what they did in 2022 and see if they can carry a little bit more of that load. Uh, you know, they do have Derek Carr now, but you know, still, I expect them to, you know, really attack with the running game first with those running, the trio of running backs that they have. Week four, the Detroit Lions, which Green Bay really struggled to stop in the run game a season ago. Yes, Jamal Williams is gone, but they draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round, who is a massively talented running back. And they go out and get David Montgomery from Chicago in free agency to fill that Jamal Williams role. So we know how Dan Campbell operates. He's going to want to run the ball. He's going to want to run it right down Green Bay's throat. And that could potentially be a problem as well. 
Then week five, you get the Raiders and a top six run offense from a season ago with Josh Jacobs still leading their rushing attack. So those first five weeks could be very difficult with teams coming in that want to run the ball and have everything they need to run the ball at a very high level. And here's what's more. If those five teams do run it right down Green Bay's throat, they're going to put the really the you know the philosophy on tape they're going to put everything on tape that other teams need to see for exactly how to run the ball right down green bay's throat and that's not what you want either so those first 5 games stopping the run is going to be extremely important to getting off to a good start and we know that with a first year quarterback and some really young players on offense that this is going to be a defense that has to show up those first round picks have to you know that the what eight or nine first round picks that they have they have to play at a higher level all the free agent money that they put into this defense. This defense has a lot invested in it and they have to be better. But if they don't eat their vegetables on early downs and stop the run, even though it's not the sexy thing, you want the picks, you want the forced fumbles, you want the turnovers, you want the sacks, you want the pressures, all those things come on second and long, third and long, and in obvious pass situations. If all of the opposing offenses are in second and three, second and one, third and two, third and one, etc. You're not going to be able to get to your sexy blitz packages and all of your pressure packages and get all of your pass rush specialists out on the field because you're going to have to have your run defenders out on the field as much as possible. So that gives me some serious cause for concern. It's something that could really hold this 2023 Packers team back. Even if Jordan Love hits and even if the offense has those explosive playmakers come to life and even if the pass defense is better and Jair Alexander is playing at a pro, you know, all pro level again and Rashawn Gary comes back better than ever and all those things hit. If you can't stop the run, you have a fatal flaw on this team that could undercut the entirety of the rest of this roster and the rest of this team as they try to compete and have success in 2023, especially with a a new quarterback at the helm. Now, if you thought I was going to go through this and not give you some positives and food for thought on that side of things, you were sadly mistaken. There is some good news here. Per PFF, Four of Green Bay's best run defense performances, four of their best six, were in the last four weeks from a season ago. So those last four weeks, they played the run much better than they did prior to that point and earlier in the season. So there are some things that maybe they can carry over from the end of last year into this upcoming season and just be a more well-rounded run defense. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. wasn't even really good, but it was better. And if they can maybe take some things from the end of last season and carry it over into this year, that could be a start for this run defense. Defense. I do think Keyshawn Nixon in the slot can have an impact. Love his intensity, love his energy, and I do think that is a little bit contagious. And hopefully, with him flying around from the slot position, that will be something that everyone else in the secondary picks up on as well. Quay Walker in his second season, I do think has the ability to take a jump. There is a ton of talent there. He is a physical freak. He needs to play faster. He needs to play more intense and he needs to be more physical at the point of attack and being able to get off of blocks. But if he can do those things, I do think there is a solid step for him to take there. I think TJ Slayton can be a big piece of that run defense. I do think Devondre Campbell has a level that he can play at much higher than what he played at a season ago. I think Lucas Van Ness can be as advertised and be a very strong edge defender from day one in the NFL. You're going to get Rashawn Gary back at some point, and that certainly won't hurt things either. And if you look at like a, a base nickel defense for this team, I think Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness on the edges with TJ Slayton and Kenny Clark on the inside, Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell at inside linebacker. Keyshawn Nixon in the slot, Razul Douglas, who's a good run defender on one side, Jair, who's, you know, like I said, was a little bit more physical towards the end of last year. 
you put Rudy Ford more as like your box type safety and Darnell Savage deep using his speed to cut off angles. I do think that is a run defense that could have success. Maybe not great, maybe not a top 10, but maybe they could get to number 15 in the NFL with that being the base nickel defense. There's a ways to go. There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of progress that needs to be made. But I do think that on paper, those 11 could be at least a solid, if not spectacular, uh, run defense. But solid right now would be a very solid upgrade for this unit as a whole. Right now, this has been an issue for years. This is not going to come as a major surprise to anyone. Run defense is a major problem. 5.0 yards per carry a season ago. And it's been an issue for basically like what, like a decade now. So this is something like special teams that is probably not just going to get fixed overnight. And it does have the ability to undercut a lot of the other positives that this team is trying to make with progress as a pass defense team, as a young playmaking offense. If they still can't stop the run, it's going to really undercut the rest of their season and make things extremely difficult for the 2023 Packers. I think Nixon can help. I think Van Ness can help, but they need to be much better. And if they're not, it could go a long way in really sort of derailing this Packers season. And there's nothing on paper that would give me any sort of real great feeling that, hey, because of these few things, they're going to be way better than they were in 2022. The good news is that they were awful in 2022. So getting better shouldn't be all that hard. There's some low hanging fruit there on things that they can do to be better, but it's going to take everyone. It's going to take rallying to the football. It's going to take eating their vegetables on early downs and setting up some of those third and long so you can get to your pressure stuff. But if they don't do that, it's going to you know, really make for another bad defensive season. And it doesn't matter if all their pass defense stuff hits and Lucas Van Ness is great as a pass rusher. Rashawn Gary comes back better than ever. That stuff's not going to matter on passing downs because you're not going to get to enough passing downs to make it matter. So this is a major thing that Green Bay is going to have to address, get better at, and perform at a higher level for the 2023 season. Or like I said, it can certainly derail a big part of this upcoming year. Not to be the bearer of bad news, I know that uh, these aren't always the most fun topics in the world, but I think they're important to discuss because it's going to be something to keep an eye on as training camp preseason and the start of the season happens to see if Green Bay can take a major step, step as a run defending team. Thanks so much for joining me. Always appreciate it. I'll be right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.